I'm Simon, and a few years ago, I decided I wanted to make a change. I wanted to create a passive reoccurring income to support me and my family. Today, and a legacy for the future. Fast forward two years, and I've managed to generate over £10,000 worth of monthly passive income. I've set up the business, scaled the business, and now I've systemized the business to free up my time. So join me to find out how I've done it, how others are doing it every day, and how you can do it too. Welcome to another episode of the podcast and today I've got a massive show lined up for you. For the first time ever, I'm going to be breaking down exactly how I calculate my rent to HMO deals. How do I know if it's a deal? You know, how do you know which property is to go for, which property is to maybe throw away? How can you cover your downsides and all the different things that you need to take into consideration before entering a deal. Because look, I'm just going to keep it 100% honest with you. There's massive opportunities in property and in rent to rent and creative cash flow, but you've got to get educated and you've got to know the things to look out for. And today I'm going to be sharing so many of my experiences and the things I've learned so that you can learn from my mistakes. You don't have to learn from your own. So if that sounds good, stay tuned. I'm going to keep it below 15 minutes. And in that 15 minutes, you're going to learn everything you need to know in terms of how to calculate your rent to HMO figures. If you're brand new to the podcast, guys, you know what to do. Please subscribe, review, rate, like, follow, share. Um, I'd really, really appreciate it. It means the world, all the support that I'm getting at the moment. And I can see the weekly listeners are are increasing every single week. So that's great. And if you've got any suggestions, any feedback, any bits you want me to cover, hit me up on social media. I respond to every single message personally, and I'd love to hear from you. So without further ado, I'm going to structure this podcast in two halves. The first half is going to be how to calculate the figures. And then the second half is going to be other key things to consider. Because Property is a numbers game. However, it's also a people game. And there's many different things you need to take into consideration which will determine whether it's a deal or whether it's not. So, um, yeah, let's get into the first half. So there's four key points you're going to want to consider when you're trying to crunch the numbers on your rent to HMO deal. Okay, the first one is you're going to want to calculate your average room rates. Second thing is you're going to want to pay yourself first. Make sure you bag the amount you want to get from the deal at the beginning. The third thing is you're going to want to calculate your um, expenses. And then finally, what you want to do is pay the landlord what's left. You can only offer the landlord what's left. Otherwise, you could be risking entering a deal that doesn't stack. So I'm going to go into these four things in a little bit more detail now. So you've gone out to a viewing, you've seen a property and you think it can work as a rent to HMO. And all that means is you're going to rent out the entire property and then you're going to rent that out on a room by room basis. Okay, so if there's three bedrooms, two reception rooms, you might say, 
I can get four lettable rooms. And then what you need to do is research what prices you might be able to get for those rooms. So I recommend going on Spare Room, go on Right Move, Zoopla, and a key one that a lot of people forget, speak to other investors and speak to other agencies that are actually doing this every day and find out what you might be able to achieve for your rooms. Now, you, you want to be conservative, you know, you don't want to be silly, but then to the same degree, you don't want to underprice them to the point where you're not doing justice to the deal. Um, and another key tip is you want to make sure you're comparing your rooms to comparables, direct comparables. So if you've got an amazing ensuite room, don't compare it to a standard double room. You know, you want to compare them like for like. So let's say, for example, you've seen there's rooms at 600, 620, 580, and then there's smaller rooms at 380, 400, 420. You might just want to go down the middle until you, you know, until you're in the game and you you kind of become more confident. So £500 per room, four rooms, £2,000. The next thing you want to do then is pay yourself first. Okay. A lot of people say to me, oh, you know, I want to make £500 per deal, 10 deals, that's five grand. It don't work like that. No, 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 no. It don't work like that. Because if one room, you know, if you're in London and each room's £800 and your profit that you want is £500, then you only need one room empty and you're losing a few hundred pounds. So what you need to do is you need to play each deal individually. So what I would recommend is taking the average room rate and times in it by around 1.5. And that's the amount you want to earn per deal. So in this instance, 500 times 1.5, 750. So you want to make 750 pounds per month from this deal. So you take 2000 pounds minus 750, you've got 1250 left. Cool. Well done. Amazing. Step number three is you then need to deduct your expenses from the 1250. So I generally take £100 per person per month. And generally that will take into consideration your utilities, your internet, your council tax, you know, maybe even your monthly cleaner. And then for good measure, I add an extra £100. So it'd be, in this case, it'd be £100 per person, £400 plus £100. And that is just an extra buffer for maintenance and should anything, you know, go wrong. Okay, so you was at twelve fifty. You'd then minus the expenses from that, which gives you seven fifty left, and that is the amount, the maximum amount you should be offering the landlord for this deal. Now, when you get to this point, one of three things is going to happen. You're either going to be bang on the button. The landlord wants seven fifty. You've arrived at seven fifty. Offer it them. Don't mess about. Don't try and go below market you know, price because you've already done your figures and it works for you. Top tip, never ever over crunch. Don't over negotiate. You want it to be a win-win. The, 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 the ideal negotiation is when both parties leave thinking they've won. So don't go too hard. So the first thing is you're going to be on the button off of 750. The second thing is you're going to be over. So what, what I mean by that is the landlord's only going to want 650 and you can actually give them 750. So in that case, you could just give them 650 and then your cash flow goes up an extra hundred pounds. Or you could be kind and go over the market value. Two advantages of that. One, 
you're going to be more likely to seal it because you're offering more than the next person. And, and two, you know, once again, they're going to leave this deal feeling more satisfied, which means that they're, they're going to want to stay with you. They're going to be more happy. They're probably going to be easier to work with. And finally, the problem here is, of course, is if you can only offer 750 and the asking price is 1000 or 900 Now, if this happens, right, generally speaking, you, you know, a lot of people will have a tendency to start bending their figures. I remember when I started, if, if this would happen to me, all of a sudden my average room rates would go from 500 to 550 um, just to squeeze the deals and make it, make it work better. Don't do that. Never ever force the deal. I've done that. It doesn't work and you end up too tight. But to the same degree, you don't want to be offering a few hundred pounds less than the asking price. You're going to annoy landlords. You're going to annoy agents unless they're particularly motivated. So in this instance, what needs to happen is you need to find a more creative way to increase the room rates or you need to let the deal go, you know? Sometimes if it doesn't work at this point, I will then do an essay in it. And if you listen to my last podcast, I explain how those figures work. And on this same property, you could dramatically increase the income through creative cash flow, which would mean you could still take this one on. But if you do end up like this, there's then five things I want you to consider, which are extra variables, which brings me to the second half of the podcast that you should take into account to decide whether your deal is a deal. Number one, how much have you got to invest in the deal? Is it ready to go? You know, some properties I've taken on, they've been fully furnished, fully renovated, fully licensed, HMOs, ready to go. I've had to spend three or four hundred pounds on a microwave, toaster, some cutlery, you know, maybe an extra, say, fridge next to no money invested. So if my cash flow is only 600 instead of 750, I might not mind because I'm not investing anything. The other thing to consider is if you were fully occupied at 750 net per month for 10 months, yeah, you make seven and a half grand, you've only spent 500 pound on the property and then you've got one room empty for a couple months, you might not mind because in the bigger picture, you're still doing well. The great thing about rent to rent is you do have to invest a fraction of what you would, you know, than if you owned it. That's why it's a great strategy. And to, to give you an example, I've got two properties in Derby on adjacent roads. One we own, cost us 85 grand of investment. One we rent to rent, we spent six thousand, six and a half thousand pounds on it. Cash flow is the same. Okay, so when you compare it to that, it puts things into perspective. Key point here, guys, in terms of break even point, I, I just want to break even as quickly as possible. I don't normally touch anything that's going to take me longer than six months. Most of mine are in between two and four months. I break even after three months, say, and then I've got the rest of the term to make money back. You don't want to be spending a year's cash flow, yeah, on the property. It's going to take too long. We want to get financially independent today, remember. Number two, the length of the agreement, right? If you've got a five-year agreement, right, and your cash flow is slightly less, you might not mind, 
because you might think, well, I've got five years to make this money back. So if I decide that I'm going to be, you know, going to have voids 20% of the time, you've got the other four years to make the money back. Point number three, and this is an interesting one that I've never, ever hear anybody talk about. How easy is the property going to be to let? You know, if the property is right next to a train station and a huge amount of employment and this, you know, really low supply to the area, massive demand, you know, if you go on spare room, maybe there's 500 people looking for rooms and only 100 rooms available, you're barely going to have any voids. So that might give you more confidence. So even though your cash flow might be slightly less, that might still swing the deal in the balance of, yeah, let's go for it. Number four, how much rent-free period can you negotiate? So I've had deals where literally, you know, I've had six weeks rent-free. Landlord's been like, look, I appreciate you, Simon. Do the work. Let me know when it's done and we'll start the payments. And by the time I've done the work, maybe six weeks, filled the property, I've dropped him a line and he said, cool, let's start the payments from next month. So once again, even though if my cash flow is a little bit lower, but I know that I'm working with a landlord that's relaxed and that's open and, you know, maybe they don't have a mortgage so it's not costing them anything, he might say, look, take the time, start paying me when you've filled it. Deleverages our risk. And finally, and this is a big one, what's your exit strategy? You know, all my agreements have a termination clause. They have break clauses to protect me. So even though I'm guaranteeing the rent for five years, I might have, you know, a two-month break clause notice period in there so that if it's not working, I can give it back. But I've never had to give a property back, guys, because that's not what I'm doing. I'm trying to build an empire and I guaranteed my landlord's rent month in, month out through the whole of covid you know, without fail. There was one property where they passed on a mortgage holiday to us. And as soon as COVID ended, we paid them back in full. But other than that, we've paid all our landlords for the whole of COVID. So they're the five things you also want to take into consideration because it's not just a numbers game, it's a people game. And you have to remember that we're investing so much less than we would than if we was purchasing these properties. So just to recap, there's four things you need to do in order to crunch your numbers for rent to HMO deals. Number one, calculate your room rates. Number two, pay yourself first. Number three, work out your expenses. And then number four, offer what's left after them. Okay? Then the five things you need to ask yourself because they play a massive part is how much investment, how much do you need to invest in the deals? Number two, the length of the agreement. If it's a bit of a bigger investment, but you've got it for five years, there's a bit of leeway. Three, how easy will it be to let? Four, how much rent-free period can you negotiate? If you sign on Monday, the rent's due on Monday and the cash flow is not at the right level, get out. And thing number five, the exit strategy. You always need to plan an exit to cover your downside, guys. I can't stress this enough. So I hope that's been useful. You know, I'm just trying to give as much value as possible. If you've got any questions, hit me up on social media. And of course, guys, remember, don't wait 25 years. Get creative. Thanks.
Thanks for listening. For more information, check out simonsmithonline.com. See you next time.